Mobile business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pella. Technology shares continue to rally. NASDAQ at another record, up 20 points today to 61.69, up three-tenths of one percent. S&P 500 index down a point at 2,400, down one-tenth of one percent. Dow Industrials down two points to 20,979, a drop there of less than one-tenth of one percent. The 10-year up 5.30 seconds at yield 2.32%. Gold up 690 the ounce to 12.36, up six-tenths of one percent. West Texas intermediate crude lower by 1.1%, down 56 cents to 48.29 a barrel. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is your Bloomberg Real Estate Report. I'm Denise Pellegrini. Single-family home prices increased in 85% of metros in the first quarter from a year ago. This may be due to the uh, the pent-up demand, housing demand, that developed during the downturn. Lawrence Yoon, Chief Economist at the National Association of Realtors. We are seeing some leveling off in the percentage of young adults uh, living with parents. And furthermore, uh, we have seen that a uh, home ownership rate essentially beginning to creep up slowly. So I think that's an indication that some of the people uh, who have been holding back now beginning to see that with job creating market conditions, mortgage rate, even though it's higher, it is still historically attractive. So they want to strike while the interest rates still remain low. Prices rose about 6.5% in Washington, D.C., New York, and Boston, and 9.4% in San Francisco, but fell in Trenton, New Jersey, and Binghamton, New York. And that's your Bloomberg Real Estate Report. I'm Denise Pellegrini. This is Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson on Bloomberg Radio. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Zen Drive is focused on the road. It's run by a guy named Jonathan Mattis. He's the CEO, and he joins us right now on the phone from San Francisco and Zen Drive's uh, headquarters. Uh, but, uh, Jonathan, one of the reasons I wanted to, to talk to you today was uh, uh, the, the big Google I.O. conference, uh, their annual developer conference, which, which kicks off tomorrow. And, I, you know, you were early at Google, employee number 25 at Android, and uh, and I wonder, what is it that you think Google gets right? Is it just that the search engine and the advertising attached to it works so well they can do anything else they want, or, or is there a secret sauce down there? Um, thank you for, for having me. I think um, the real secret or, or the real focus for Google I.O. is developers. And one of the things that Google has really um, been the best at globally is engaging with developers worldwide and making their Android and their uh, Chrome browser super attractive to the developer ecosystem. You're going to see a lot, um, a lot of excitement in Mountain View, where uh, thousands of developers are going to visit with Google headquarters and check out some of the best and the latest from uh, from the mothership. Well, well, I guess furthermore, I mean, is, is, is that relationship really open? I mean, is it, uh, they obviously do a lot to draw talent. They famously pay more than anybody else in Silicon Valley. But, uh, but I wonder if that sort of uh, back and forth relationship sort of works with developers who are outside of Google. Exactly. This is the focus of, of Google I.O. So Google I.O. is all about the APIs and the services and the tools that Google provides third party developers to release um, experiences, applications, and uh, features to Android and to Chrome users. And so uh, some of the most anticipated 
new items coming out of Google I.O. are probably going to be around the new operating system from Google, Google O, which is rumored to be called Oreo, um, and also around the Google Assistant and perhaps also in the artificial intelligence realm around their open TensorFlow platform that allows third parties to tap on some of the machine learning powers that Google has and build interesting experiences around those. What kind of company do you think Google really wants to be going forward? <laughs> um, Google is a, um, is a company that exists in, uh, in everything and everywhere that we are, uh, that we are um, sharing our lives these days. So whether it's uh, communications, whether it's getting online, whether it's finding information, uh, maybe um, finding your way around the world, Google is really looking to be your assistant in any and everything that you're trying to do. And I think that they're pushing to artificial intelligence and their emphasis on their um, assistant, which they're uh, rumored to be bringing to iOS for the first time, is a very interesting uh, trend to note. So let me ask you about Zendrive then. So, you know, you, you, you spent all this time at Google, you spent time at Facebook as well. I wonder sort of what you're trying to take from uh, the lessons of how that business, those businesses work uh, at your business at Zendrive. Sure, absolutely. So Zendrive is a mission-driven company. Our mission is to make roads safe using data and analytics. And uh, some of the lessons uh, that uh, I picked up at Google and at Facebook are related to serving millions and millions of, uh, of mobile uh, users and building a developer platform to scale into helping all of those mobile users. Um, we have recently hit what's called in Silicon Valley the hockey stick, meaning um, exponential growth curve. And I can only attribute that to the work we're doing with our partners and with our developers, which very much echoes what Google and what Facebook have, have been doing in support of their mobile strategies. And so at Zendrive, we're trying to save lives by making third-party applications capable of uh, detecting crashes, of giving drivers feedback to their driver behavior and sharing key information with municipalities and cities so they can plan roads better and prevent loss of life on the road. How might this come into use, I'm just thinking, with autonomous vehicles? Is there going to be kind of a connection? Do we need this kind of connection to make it safer, right? Because I think that's what's kind of holding it back at this point. I think everybody sees the technology it can be done, but there's that safety component. A brain works pretty fast in making decisions about things. Um, but how do you make technology work that instantaneously? Absolutely. So autonomous vehicles really at the forefront of transportation, and there's a lot of very smart and, and resourceful players that are trying to uh, make a dance and, and get first to market. I think the really interesting question is not so much about the technology, which I'm pretty confident Google and Uber and Tesla and others will be able to solve pretty elegantly. I think the question is a question of regulation and market adoption. And really what's top of mind in that context is when do you give an autonomous vehicle a so-called driver license? In other words, when is an autonomous vehicle safe enough to participate and share the road, right? We're not able to change our infrastructure and create lanes that are dedicated just for autonomous vehicles. They're going to need to share the road with humans. And that interaction is something that um, is difficult to predict. It's certainly something that technology can handle, but there's an interface or an interconnection here with regulators and with um, the, uh, the the public opinion, and I think that's a big question mark about about the technology, and that's also something that Zendrive is helping with. Again, the 
massive data set that we've collected, we can help autonomous vehicle makers understand how drivers behave in every market under any um, weather conditions, etc., and train their systems to better serve the safety of those uh, arteries. Until there's a cyber hack. I'm just saying. <laughs> that never happens. Yeah. That never happens, right? <laughs> and I'm an optimistic kind of gal. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, Absolutely. Interesting, interesting stuff. Um, Jonathan, uh, really good to get uh, some time with you and uh, look forward to hearing more of what you guys are working on. Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan, excuse me, Jonathan Mattis, uh, co-founder, chief executive officer at Zendrive, joining us on the phone from San Francisco. Let's get to Ed Baxter right now. Look what's happening next on Bloomberg Radio. Ed. All right. Thank you, Corey. Hey, Carol. Um, exclusive interview. Kevin Sirley did a wonderful job on this. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. It's our exclusive made news. We have it for you on Bloomberg Best. A look at Sears' rapid downfall from the upper echelons of American retail. And uh, former CIA director James Woolsey talking about uh, the Trump administration and problems there. Problems in the Trump administration? No. There aren't any problems, are there? Are there any problems? I've heard going nothing. According nothing. To plan. nothing. No. Yeah. Is there? Is there any intelligence? Any? I, I, I mean, I'm talking about information, not about the administration. Well, listen, I hear on Bloomberg Radio. Up. <laughs> up next, I'm trying to keep you. I know. Keep you with us. I appreciate that. I need to listen to Bloomberg.